0: It's
1: so sober, 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 sober. It's I get 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 I get 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 so It's so 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 Yeah. 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 mean, these are things that I think about.
2: I mean, these are the things that I think about. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be and welcome to It's so real.
1: What's your boy, O?
2: And your girl, Rocky.
1: What is good, beautiful people?
2: What is good? I don't know if you noticed, but O has a new mic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So hopefully you can hear him a lot clearer.
1: Yeah, it should be a lot better than uh, previous episodes, a lot louder, uh, just just clear in general. Uh, Thank you guys for supporting us. Uh, Any... More support that you give us will be going towards things like this and promoting so mm-hmm. we can spread our message further. So, thank you. Keep listening, keep sharing, please.
2: And if you would like to donate monetarily, we do have a um, subscription on Anchor, so you can sign up for ninety nine cents a month, yeah. or I think the You're not next even tripping. one, like
1: something that small would It's one you know, ninety nine yeah. or
2: even nine ninety nine if you can do that. But a monthly subscription to It's So Real Podcast would we'll be able to i also have a gofundme on i posted it on the it's so real facebook page but i've also posted it on my other platforms so if you're familiar with the podcast you may be familiar with uh life is rocky or black harmony mm-hmm. black uh black harmony family healing center so those are our other kind of programs and remember to check out oh and oh so smart Production.
1: Yes, big things coming soon. Two T's. Two T's on that thing. But
2: we need money money for all (laughs) these startups and really to expand our platforms and stuff like that. So if you could donate, we would appreciate you. Thank you. All right. So let's get it popping. All right. (laughs) So today's episode is Communication and Conflict Part Two in our healthy relationship series we have prior to this in the healthy relationship series, uh, communication and conflict part one, mm-hmm. uh, what is healthy and damn, there was another one in there.
1: We did have another one.
2: Uh, the relationship contract. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. We that. Yeah. That so yeah, that... make sure you check out all of those in the healthy relationship series. We're really just trying to,
1: Help relationships. like Yeah, help people connect in a better way, in a healthier way. Yeah. So that we don't all, you know, we all know the saying, at least you should by now, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, We're trying to make it more heal people, heal people.
2: Ooh, what do you say for Black Harmony?
1: Well, through healing, we are healed. Yes. Everybody that's touching someone else, being vulnerable and opening up, Mm -hmm. allows somebody else to do the same. The sure. domino effect. Yeah. So we can combat the trauma mm-hmm. with the healing.
2: Mm. Lord knows we got we
1: trauma. We need some healing because mm. we got some trauma. <laughs>
2: and then I do want to point out that just because this is called the healthy relationship series doesn't mean that it's in the romantic relationship. Yeah, These skills no. are something you can use right. with platonic friends, with uh, family with work and with romantic like it doesn't have to be just one like we have relationship dynamics in every connection we have on earth you know like so you could use these these skills that we're providing to you
1: All right i mean that's how it should be
2: yeah because remember and we've talked about this in the previous um episodes of the series it's that you <sighs> you learn from observing your parents yeah and unless you really question and challenge and unpack your shit that you've learned and did you know it's it's not always the healthiest what we
1: observe very true like sometimes we think you know we don't realize it when you're, when you're a child
2: oh a lot of times you're just soaking <laughs> it up like a sponge right. it don't come out till like 18 years later <laughs> seriously like
1: you won't be like until you're a grown ass man or woman mm-hmm. and you'll you'll figure out like wait what the fuck that's not even how shit is supposed to be like mm-hmm. that's not healthy mm-hmm. that's not even right yeah. but you're just so accustomed to it because hey that's just the way shit was mm-hmm.
2: so Please do the work. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Do the work to make how you relate to other people better, and therefore you're touching more lives and transforming those lives and those connections that that can impact you know somebody else, and it's just a ripple effect, you know. Because yeah, we need better Black America. We need so much better in our community. We know we've gone through so much, like
1: yeah. historically speaking. Yeah. You know and then in the present day like everything that's going on with trump and everything else like that is going on with us as well Keep because talking. we're the i forgot know, my computer <laughs> it's all good <laughs> uh because we're the ones who usually get affected like at those people who are racial who have resources or at least have more resources than um, a lot of people who are within our community they get to skate off without uh, feeling the brunt of the effects that the trump administration is doing um that's just the way it is unfortunately like classic example even though this happened under obama is flint michigan yeah like how long does it fucking take
2: thank you jayden smith
1: thank you for real, i was just about to say the same exact thing like thank you fucking Sorry. jayden really <laughs> that shit was all up in the camera huh? <laughs> <laughs> no but uh <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, but yeah, thank you. Shout out to uh, Jade. But yeah, Flint is a perfect example of that. Like these environmental uh, disasters or these uh, effects like that happened with Katrina, uh, Standing Rock, just stuff like that. Stuff where they like, just disregard stuff and they're just being greedy. That shit hits us the most, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, that's just the way it is so we have to be mindful of all those stuff and how that affects us in, in such traumatic ways in the present day you know it's not just the, the historical trauma it's like we're reliving this shit that's why it gets so triggering and we talked about it on the show when Black Lives Matter came out Yeah, that shit was like re-triggering as fuck it's like god damn it felt like I i felt this shit before. Mm. Like, I remember watching videos of like shit. Uh, I felt uh, it so deep. Yo, yeah. In like the 60s uh, mm. when they were fighting for civil rights and just yeah. looking at like the dogs and shit like um, and uh, fire hoses and just being like, what the fuck? Like, right? How could you do that to somebody? And now I'm seeing that shit at Standing Rock. And Now I'm seeing that shit with Black Lives Matter. And yeah. and then I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Like
2: literally. And, and Times did that. Times, their cover during mm. the height of the Black Lives Matter was I think it was a picture of maybe Ferguson or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, the caption was 1960s. And it's like, nah, 2016 or whatever it was. And it's like, that was ridiculous. Like the same images it's were crazy. coming out. You know, that was, whew. Needless today, needless to say, black people, we got trauma, okay? Right. um, So that, we didn't plan this, but I do think we need to talk about how trauma impacts our conflict resolution yeah sure yeah for sure
1: i mean it's directly related directly so i
2: don't we didn't plan for this but it's directly related and this is the so conflict I, episode so let's talk about let's it. Do it let's do it okay
1: Checked you out with the powerpoint pull it up ready resources it wasn't that.
2: ready that's why i had to go get it
1: i mean it was ready enough for you to pull it up now i'm trying
2: to give you some credit uh, just
1: take uh, the credit thank damn, you. Damn. <laughs>
2: Um, Say thank
1: you. <laughs> I said thank you. That's all you had to do. Oh
2: my gosh. Um so first, uh, I want to give credit to where we worked before.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um because that's really we where we got the like black explanation. Like we knew the mental health side yeah, of didn't it.
1: We understand the extent to which trauma really played in the black in community. the black community. Yeah. Uh historically, you know, mm-hmm. um Black Americans Um, And then we started, personally, I went through looking at Caribbean Americans, specifically Guyanese, uh, Guyanese um, slavery, what happened there, and like how they fought back and everything else like that. Mm -hmm. So it was like a global thing, but we're specifically talking mostly about uh, black Americans, Mm -hmm. that experience, and how we went through all that shit. And even
2: in this, for this, um, check out the episode, What Kind of Black Are You?
0: I think think think
2: that was that was was... the title somewhat kind of black, and that's where we talk about the similarities okay. yeah, and differences between um, blacks in the, throughout the diaspora. So,
1: right, that was a good episode. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, and and I mean, we're in Black America, we're in the United States of America, so that's why we address those things. Mm. Um But also, I do think Black Americans have a unique perspective perspective in their history, is because. We never got away from our oppressors Mm -hmm. like other countries, the the enslaved blacks were able to gain independence and win their freedom and and stuff like that. And whether it had no. what What was Guyana like the 60s? 66. Yeah, so it's like... But it was like, you you now have a country, you it's know? a very young country. Yeah, but you, you got one. Like, yeah. we here, Black America, is not nationally recognized, so nor are we ready to actually be a country. But... It's, it's a whole other story. Yeah. Whew. Um, But I definitely think because we never got away from our oppressors and we never got that true freedom, mm. we're still psychologically and socially enslaved, you know? so in a lot of ways,
1: you're very much correct.
2: Yeah, so different episode. But I definitely want to take all of that trauma into account when we talk about how it's impacted us and how we now respond to conflict. Mm. Whoo! Sorry, I went on a little tangent there. Oh, that's I was cool. I was in it. Eat it. All right, so we learned this breakdown um, from Conscious Voices African American Wellbeing go, Center. Go. That's where we formerly worked, um, and the idea of this is like we had a picture to go along with it. Um, so it's helpful to see the actual visual. But I can, I, you're okay if I break it down? Yeah, go okay. On. I I do it a lot. Do you?
1: Um, in different ways, but I mean, yeah, pretty much. Okay.
2: I, I have a lot of. I mean, most of everything, my clients are black, so I, they got trauma, with, you, you know. So, um, all right. So, picture a stick figure, and his name is Ray Ray. Okay, <laughs> that's that's what we learned. I actually don't use the term anymore. I just I just call it the human stress response, <laughs> but um, or the fight or flight response. But um, I say this is what your brain does. Yeah. Really cool. I, I usually use the fight or flight. People usually can recognize that a little bit more. Um, but, anyways, so you got the stick figure named Ray Ray. And Ray Ray has a piece of his brain in the back of his brain. And it's called the amygdala or the emotional brain. Mm-hmm. The emotional brain is the first brain um, where it's fully developed once we're born, it's responsible for emotions and fear. And this is a part of the brain that we share with other species. Mm-hmm. So it's also called the reptile brain.
1: Yeah. So I was just about to say crocodiles, mm-hmm. all those like swamp, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. think about that. Those people, those uh, creatures within nature who just respond, snap mm-hmm. at it just out of instinct. Yeah. They aren't thinking like, oh, well. Let how, me ponder. How does my prey feel about me eating it? like, you know. they like man, let me get to, you know, so think about that. Excuse me. Thanks.
2: Um, but also in that same aspect, it's like it is survival. Like either I need to have the fear that I'm gonna get eaten and I need to survive, or I'm gonna go hungry, or I won't be able to fill my offspring because I need to kill something and eat. You know. So it's it's survival of the fittest. You yeah. know. Um, so that fear is a crucial part. And triggering your automatic reactive response. Okay. Now.
1: So that's the amygdala.
2: That's the amygdala. Mm-hmm. Now, another piece of the brain that makes humans different from other species is called the prefrontal cortex or the neocortex. That's and the that's, that's
0: important
2: right, there. right here. Okay. In the front fronts, yeah! fronts of your forehead. Okay. Um, or your face uh face so this brain is interesting because it's not fully developed until we're 25
1: i want you to repeat that for the people one more time our
2: prefrontal cortex otherwise known as our thinking brain is not fully developed until we are 25 years old 25 Okay.
1: 25. Two five people.
2: Now, for you to really understand what I mean by the thinking brain, let me break it down like this. Your thinking brain is responsible for your reasoning, for your judgment, and for your logic. And it is not fully developed until you are 25 years old.
1: 25. Look okay. you know how long that is.
2: Teenage years, okay? <laughs> Impulsive, straight up reactive. Like, you ain't thinking about no damn consequences. Jeez. Like,
1: that is super long for us.
2: Super long. Gosh. So, therefore, <laughs> um, you know, people aren't able to logically think and make a judgment based on consequences to... Then make a response. Right. So with the emotional brain, it's like stimulus response, right? It's just, you know, where the thinking brain, once we have full access to it, what happens is you have your stimulus and you have your response, but you have the ability in between to stop and think about what you should do. That's humans, how we're different from other species. Okay. So
1: that's why it's so crucial and that we're stressing the whole 25 uh, age marker because we're putting a lot of judgment and putting a lot of expectations on people who are way younger than 25 yeah. to know what is going on and see
2: i had an interesting conversation about that because somebody was like well how would you define adulthood like what age would
1: you make yeah, an yeah. adult I think we were talking about yeah
2: it. <laughs> um but i was talking about it from social media like i got it from social media and it's, like, it. yeah, like, outside of the legal age being uh-huh. 18, like, the legal age of adulthood, like, why did they use that number to determine? Right. And, honestly, I would use 25, because that's when... But
1: I think we settled on, for real, for real, like, full adulthood being, like, 27. Because, we well, think about it, like, we thought about his logic being... If you're fully developed by 25 mm-hmm. and you've had all this experience, you have still had life experience, but mm-hmm. your brain's finally developed, mm-hmm. so you can reflect on that life experience and learn. That's true. You get two extra years to process all that, and <laughs> unpack some of that. Yeah, and then.
2: And the reason I think you, should be good. you may need to, so yeah, the the reason you may need to unpack some of that shit is because think about it like this. So just because your your thinking brain isn't fully developed until you're twenty five doesn't mean we don't start when you're early, when you're young. Like right. when you're a toddler, we're teaching toddlers about so, so, consequences. Yeah, some of the
1: most crucial stuff is during the beginning stage.
2: Yeah, like nah, there's consequences to your action. Think this through. Adolescence is where it kinda goes awry. Because they're impulsive, motherfuckers. <laughs> they
1: really are. It's kind of like... Uh, the way. Well, I, they got
2: a lot of hormones happening, too.
1: <laughs> I think, like, someone broke it down. I think mm. I, I, I might have been my damn self. <laughs> I don't even know. But it's like, when you're younger, like, your brain is, like, a maze. Like, you're trying to get through, like, to a certain point. Like, so let's say the end point is mm. you being able to access all information ever.
2: Ah, I would love it.
1: Right? So nobody makes it there, obviously. I I know no I can do that. But, like, when you're younger... The more you learn without mm-hmm. trauma, the, like the more you're developed and everything mm-hmm. else like that, the further you can get into the maze, mm-hmm. um, right? And then after a while, they start to be, like have like block offs and then cut offs, and then it stops you from reaching a certain point. So then you're cut off. So basically, when you get into an adulthood and your the brain is still developing, mm-hmm. but without the trauma, you still have access to all that range, and then you're just trying to figure out the maze to get to the furthest point where you can get to. Mm-hmm. When you have trauma, it's like a cutoff. And it's like, mm-hmm. boom, the maze stops. Like So you can't even go. Like It's like the end of that maze. So there's no access to that after. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so you need to go to therapy and remove those. Gotcha. So you can get
1: through the rest of the maze gotcha. to get to your full potential and access to your mind. So
2: that being said. I'm pretty sure
1: that was me. The, I it said. was beautiful. <laughs>
2: beautiful breakdown. Definitely give us the visual for it. And the reason why those blocks are so impactful yeah. is because... Mind you, your emotional brain is for survival mode. So that's when you're experiencing any type of high stress, any type of trauma, any type of life-threatening situations and dangerous situations where your body kicks into survival mode. That's that's all that can trigger the emotional brain. So say you're in the inner city and you have to worry about getting home safe. You got to worry about your parents' Being able to afford electricity, you know, Mm. you go to school, your teachers don't give a shit about you, don't have the tools to actually advance you in your education.
1: No tools, no resources.
2: Food insecure. Like, say all of that's happening Mm -hmm. and you are constantly worried about your future. You are constantly in a state of stress. You are constantly in a state of uncertainty and unknowing where your stability is. Your emotional brain is going to be going into overdrive. You will never have a moment of rest. That's
1: real.
2: Okay. Now, the moment of rest is crucial because, and I'll explain it in a minute. Well, no, I can break it down now. Why your body is so tense and it's not the same when you're resting is because this is what happens within the body. Okay. So say we hear a loud bang on a wall our body, unbeknownst to us, is going to start doing things, okay? Your hormones are going to start being triggered. So the hormones that start coursing through your body are adrenaline for energy, because remember, this is fight or flight. Do I fight off whatever attack that is going to be, or do I run, okay? So adrenaline for energy. You have cortisol, which is a stress hormone, and that Um, They tell pregnant mothers is very important to watch because if you have if you're as the mother is stressed, that cortisol, that stress hormone,
1: is going through your womb to your baby. That can literally affect the baby's, uh, well, bio, like yeah, exactly.
2: You got a hormone that shouldn't be pumping the way it is, and changes
1: the bio. The biology of the the baby, basically. Yeah, that's just so crazy, but it makes
2: sense. And uh, hello, we've been der- enduring trauma since we got to this country, you know? think about what the pregnant mothers had to deal with, you know? So we just, just generations, were are already setting ourselves up, okay?
1: All so, that stress coming out.
2: All that stress. And then, so that's cortisol, that starts coursing through your body. And it's moving through your body in the, in the means of glucose, sugar. So you have, so boom. Adrenaline, cortisol, sugar starts coursing through your body. Okay. Now, physiologically, this now causes your heart rate to increase. It causes your blood pressure to go up. And it causes your immune system to start shutting down. And the reason it starts um shutting down your immune system is because like say you just had a big I just yeah, I had a big meal before I ate, right? Um, but all of a sudden I hear this loud bang on a door. My body is like, not time to focus on digesting, time to focus on surviving, okay? So it's like, don't worry about that shit. Worry about what you got to do to live, (laughs) okay? So, So that starts happening in your body. Heart rate, blood pressure, immune system starts going down. And then behaviorally, so that's all inside your body unbeknownst to you, okay? Behaviorally, now you're hypervigilant. You're very alert to what is going on. Like, what happened? What? What's going on? You know? And then you're hyper aroused, meaning you're very sensitive to detail. So this means your senses, your five sentences are suddenly heightened. So that way you can be fully aware of the dangers. Okay? Mm. Um, and I would say also to acknowledge people who have experienced trauma, sometimes humans have a terrible sense of smell. Terrible sense of smell. Usually, only time we recognize smell is with food or fragrances. Everything else, we don't register smell. Like, we could smell it, but we're not consciously thinking about it, okay? Mm. But if you're in your fight-or-flight response, and Ray Ray having a moment, (laughs) you know um
1: smell gets heightened smell
2: gets heightened so sometimes you unknowingly register Mm. that sense of smell during that traumatic time and then it could be years later you smell the same thing Mm -hmm. don't register that you're smelling it and automatically what the fuck is wrong with you you know and it's like whoa what just happened you know Mm -hmm. but that's how heightened your senses become to you consciously registering it whether you're aware of it or not okay Another behavior symptom is insomnia. Again, if you're in survival mode, you can't sleep. You can't rest. That's how you die. (laughs) Like, You know? So think about Ray Ray. Growing up, not having a safe neighborhood. Family is impoverished. Maybe some parent isn't there. Stress on the parent that is. School's not really working out for you. And... You don't know what your future is going to look like. And there's no like light, Mm. you know, like there's no end of tomorrow. Like it's just I'm here right now. That now will cause you to, because you never have that rest. You never have that period where you can just, your body can just relax and just chill. Heart rate stable. Blood pressure stable. None of them hormones coursing through you. You can just rest.
1: And that's important for growth and just being able to live life, bro. Mm-hmm. If you're always in a constant state of panic or mm-hmm. just like you were saying with hypervigilance, it's yeah. just it's not healthy for you. All those hormones that you are saying, they they're not supposed to be there all the they're time. They're not.
2: And i and I watch a lot of nature documentaries and That's like,
1: when they're supposed to be using it. You yeah. I yeah. on last like,
2: But ah. I have seen a case where like um say That's something, something happened to the predator. Like something happened and they go away, but they were like in the middle of killing the prey, right? The prey, I will see them physically shake their entire body before getting up and like running off. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And then as I've been learning about trauma responses, I'm like, oh, he's getting that or whatever is getting that energy out. Because you have so much suddenly coursing through your body. It's like I need to get it out. Mm. Okay. That being said. Black people. You have sugar coursing through your body because you're stressed. Your blood pressure is constantly elevated because you're stressed. Uh And yet they told us that diabetes and high blood pressure runs common in our DNA because of our food. No, it's because we have been constantly traumatized in this country and constantly in survival mode and in high periods, high levels of stress whether that is in our own communities because of what we've been through impacting our generations now or just historically speaking what we've endured in this country and constantly are because that ain't over. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, like I said, we just went over a couple of them things that happened just recently and are continuing to happen. There's a reason why we have to say Black Lives Matter.
2: <sighs> so that being said, If you're constantly experiencing survival mode with your emotional brain being triggered, you are not. If you're if new information is constantly going through your emotional brain, you're not thinking about you're not using your thinking brain like at you even though like again we train toddlers to think about the consequences think about the consequences right. so we're doing that over and over trying to teach them before the the thinking brain is fully developed but if your new information is constantly going through the emotional brain like that's the one that's going to be like more advanced because mm-hmm. you're constantly using it it's like a muscle you know
1: that's why I, when they say oh my gosh he's so well behaved like you get shocked when you see like a child who's more elevated and mm-hmm. is using more of the prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. and has access to their prefrontal cortex yeah. more than uh the average child does. Mm-hmm. Um those also are children who you have to actually protect a little bit more because mm-hmm. because they're on a different level, mm-hmm. they are they're prone to get picked on or yeah. singled out and all that other stuff. So that's <gasps> another story, but I just wanted to just throw that one out there for anybody <laughs> who's like a parent or anything else like that. Yeah. Sometimes you have to watch for that. Like protect the ones who you know, are on the right path mm-hmm. and had access to more of themselves. Yeah. They're, they're fuller of earlier. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing, but, you know, they need protection. Yeah,
2: for
1: sure. Yeah. Um, but that trauma, man, it's all within yeah. our community, and that's why we need to pay extra attention to this when it comes to dealing with conflict.
2: But that being said, if you are constantly using your emotional brain, you're not using your thinking brain. So even if you're 30... If you and haven't can, been able to fully develop and access your thinking brain, you're be, not Ray Ray's still gonna be popping off left and be right because just, you stepped on
1: his shoe. Exactly. Be, <laughs> and, and the the crazy part about trauma and stuff like that is like sometimes, and most of the times, we revert back to to moments mm-hmm. or uh, periods of uh, emotional states that we've we had in, to survive where we had, where we had the trauma, like yeah. basically the same same thing going on. So if you get triggered mm-hmm. as the thirty year old, as you were saying. Mm-hmm. You're going to go right back to being the little child that you were when it comes to your arguments and the way that you go about dealing with people. And nobody want to deal with a little child when you're a grown man in a grown world.
2: About to get in a fight over somebody stepping on your shoe.
1: Ain't that kind of kitty when you really think about it in the grand scheme I ain't going
2: to jail for nobody.
1: <laughs> that's what I'm saying but, but I
2: think about my consequences but you so. think about the
1: trauma of somebody disrespecting you and then somebody disrespecting you and that disrespect may
2: have been a, like a life threatening cycle exactly, leading yeah. to
1: your, a threat of your life so mm-hmm. now, anytime you feel disrespected at least you could jump right back to that moment like yeah. any disrespect means my life is on the line so I got act as if my life is on the line when mm-hmm. it's something really petty like a fucking shoelace yeah.
2: <laughs> so because of that Now it has long-term effects. Dealing with um, extended periods of time of trauma, stress, or life-threatening situations now has long-term effects. The long-term effects could be impacting your learning and memory because if you're constantly using that emotional brain and not using your thinking brain for logic and judgment and reasoning, you're not going to be developing that piece. So that literally now impacts the new information that you're learning. And then your a- ability to retain it, okay? It also impacts, as we said, your health. Blood pressure, diabetes, for my trauma, <laughs> okay? It's literally impacting our health as a people, mm-hmm. okay? And then it impacts our relationships. If I am constantly stressed, sure. constantly <laughs> in survival mode, I'm not trusting nobody. <laughs> no
1: not trust nobody because you've seen so much- that you, you it's like if you've been in like an environment where all you've seen is negativity mm-hmm. like you won't even believe something positive is a, a reality yeah I've, I've, I've literally heard this
2: or I was just reading an article the other day and it was like how two nice guys aren't working because women are triggered but like they need the trigger of drama.
1: That's what I was just about to say. Like that's what I, I've experienced a lot with clients too. Yeah. It's, hey, it's,
2: it's like non-argumentative, argumentative. This shit, is boring. My ex, I think I was, yeah, we
0: have yeah. had this conversation yeah, like earlier
1: in the week. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember my ex saying some shit like that. Like we don't ever fight. Like, Okay. That is a good thing. I'm Hello? not argumentative, dog. Like you're not gonna fight with me. Not gonna happen. You gonna be but talking to yourself.
2: They need that because that's that's now what's comfortable. That's what is their norm. Right, they right. know how to function in it. Exactly. So if it's an absence of that, they're like, this this is giving me anxiety. This is giving me stress because right. I don't. This, this piece
1: is... is so stressful. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Really, it is. It's what makes yeah. them uncomfortable.
2: because that's not their norm. Right. So that takes. That's work. an
1: effect of trauma too. That's what we're trying to say. Like it affects. It affects you in so many ways. It's not just like a single, okay, so if I'm traumatized, then it's going to be like this. Like, no. It's it's so complex in the way that it happened Mm -hmm. and how these things can affect you and affect your relationships. And that's the reason why so many people, um, especially in our community, have such poor relationships and family and everything.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, We were watching some of it. Like Arrested Development, we were talking about like rich white people problems and how they have to like make up (laughs) stuff and, like, be vindictive and all that other stuff. But it's, like, unfortunately, we have some of that in, within our community on top of the poverty, of <laughs> on top of the, mm-hmm. you know. Incarceration. Incarceration and the, the other Racial disparities. Yeah, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, God damn. Mm-hmm. It's, like, we get the, you know, it's the, the worst of both. And it's, we need a lot of healing. We need to actually course correct on that stuff. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the family drama shit is stuff that could be worked out very easily mm-hmm. if. Therapy! And then it doesn't need to be passed on to the children. We have got, to, got to stop, stop these cycles.
2: That. We've got to stop them. And a lot of the times it is the millennial generation. I have so many clients who are like, yeah.
1: He's trying to stop it.
2: They, this is bullshit. Why are we dealing with this? Like, right. we should be loving each other and being kind to each other. What? All right. Yeah. So, all that to say, healthy relationships have conflict. Healthy relationships do not have arguments. Do you know the difference?
1: So, when it comes to the conflict stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you want to go over the uh, four horsemen?
2: Yes, but I'm not ready. Okay.
1: <laughs> because <laughs> the four horsemen is something like I didn't use, um, you use it a lot more than me. That's yeah. to say, it like that.
2: Because again, I have more individual clients, so right. it's
1: helpful to. The couples that I see sometimes come in for that when it comes to communication mm-hmm. uh, and conflict resolution. Um,
2: and they're connected. They're very much connected. Check out Communication and Conflict Part 1 where we talk yeah, about we communication.
1: Down, we broke down communication pretty well when it mm-hmm. comes down to um, not only uh, romantic relationships but any kind of relationships that you have. So it will be something that you want to check out for any any person within your life pretty yeah. much. But yeah, it's something that I've used before but I don't use it that frequently anymore. Um, at least not in the way that he words it. But I'm always open to reopening this toolbox, so maybe this is the time to do it.
2: So, Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse is by Gottman, right? Yes.
1: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Um, let me put that. Gottman, Gottman. Because it's coming up with the <laughs> the biblical. <reference>. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right i'm gonna just read off this oops
0: okay i'm
2: gonna just read off of it the four horsemen of the apocalypse the four attitudes that most predict the dissolution of a relationship especially in combination are criticism defensiveness contempt and stonewalling Mm -hmm. in order of least to most dangerous. oh wow contempt They, they said stonewalling is the most dangerous that's that's interesting Um, Dr. John Gottman, a psychologist at the University of Washington, studied more than...
1: contempt would be the worst. Yeah,
2: me too. More than 2,000 married couples over two decades. He discovered patterns about how partners relate to each other, which can be used to predict with 94% accuracy. Wow. Yeah,
1: it's really good.
2: Yeah, it is. That's why I use it. (laughs) Which marriages will succeed and which will fail? Gottman says that each horseman paves the way for the next. All right. So, basically, this is what not to do.
1: Right. You said what not. Yeah, let's clarify.
2: <laughs> this is what not to do for your conflict resolution. Not. As it in don't the do opposite. shit. <laughs>
1: do right. not do this shit. Yeah. Okay. I hope that's clarified. <laughs> um,
2: but this is what people often do in their relationships. Yeah. Whether it's romantic, family, what have you. Y'all be doing them. Stop it. (laughs) So to identify what the hell you're doing, because you know you don't know, you just do it. Because you're emotional, not thinking. (laughs) Use your thinking brain. Reasoning, judgment, logic, please. Anyways, this is your emotional shit. (laughs) Criticism. Attacking your partner's personality or character, usually with the intent Mm. of making someone right and someone wrong. This would be your generalizations. You always. You never. You're the type of person who. Why are you so.
1: Why are you so good at this?
2: <laughs> mm, I've had some experience of being combative for no damn reasons. So. And uh, honestly, I've witnessed it. I don't it. got no
1: tea, but I got this water, so I'm going to sip on
2: I've witnessed it within my family. My family is very dysfunctional. God. Love them. Dysfunctional. So there's a lot of all of this in
1: there.
2: Hey, I witness it. Keep it real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so real. The next one is
1: contempt. This is the one I thought would be the worst, so I'm interested in what you know what the guy said about it. It's mm-hmm. Interesting.
2: Attacking your partner's sense of self with the intention to insult or psychologically abuse him or her.
1: Yeah, that's number one for me. If you do some shit like that to me, I'm out. Yeah. What the fuck? So this would be
2: insults and name calling, bitch, bastard, wimp, fat, stupid, ugly, slob, lazy, damn. Hostile humor, sarcasm, or mockery, body language, and tone of voice, sneering, rolling your eyes, and curling your upper lip. I don't know what you're curling your upper lip on. Know what that is? That?
1: Yeah.
2: Um. Now speaking of
1: you're this. angry? Anyway. I, I
2: don't know. Anyway Um. We should talk about the power and control wheel at some point. It's mm. used for domestic violence, but I feel like domestic violence is its that's own episode. Yeah,
1: we ain't going to run out yeah. of to talk
2: about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but contempt, where you're psychologically abusing or insulting your partner, yeah, like that is going on verbal abuse. So.
1: That's that's a done deal for me. Yeah. You got your mind? Yeah, talk to me crazy.
2: Um, but again, some people live in that trauma and drama, so that's their normal. Uh,
1: but this is the thing, and this is why I, uh, I think we were talking about it with mm-hmm. Uh When we were talking about toxic femininity, mm-hmm. basically women who are used to toxic masculinity, so they mm-hmm. have accepted it as mm-hmm. something that they should uh, expect from men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've actually heard that shit, where it's like, if a man doesn't take being talked to, talked down to by a woman, she'll say, oh, what, are, you can't handle this shit? You act like a little bitch. <laughs> like, yeah, or something no, like that. And it's like, no wait. No one deserves to be talked to that Exactly. That's was, it's so funny, but it's like an interesting way to, like, frame it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, but you're a bitch for not allowing me to talk to you any kind of way? What? How'd that work?
2: Again, healthy relationships have conflict. Healthy relationships do not have arguments.
1: So anyways, uh, that was just one example. <laughs> I just yeah. couldn't believe that, that 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 shit was... It blew my mind when I actually thought about it. Like, damn, that's where toxic and the, and, femininity actually yeah. comes into play. And
2: this is where you need to understand that you talk to people the way they deserve to be talked to. If this is your loved one, you're supposed to be speaking to them lovingly and kindly. Why are you, like this is somebody you're supposed to love, not your worst enemy. What are you doing?
1: You would think they were, like the way some people talk. I know.
2: (laughs) But again, but that goes into their emotional brain. They're not using their thinking brain. They're extremely reactive. And then when you're in your emotions, you are egocentric. You're not empathizing with the other person. You're not even listening to the other person. It's just you're right. You want it your way and listen to me. And I'm going to do whatever. And I may be because I'm emotion and I'm reacting and I'm getting defensive. I lash out to protect myself. It's a fucking cycle. You know? It's just irritating. Because I can see this shit clearly. And I need other people to waste it's the cut. fuck up.
1: It's fucked up. Because I think about it. It's like, it fucks it up for everybody who wants to just be able to say what they want to say. And chill, too. Because, like, when I'm with my boys, I'm back home. Mm-hmm. We curse, chill, fuck around, and make fun of each other all the goddamn time. Because we're comfortable with each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> when you're actually that mad, it's like, damn. Nobody even want to, like, interact with you. Like, mm-hmm. if somebody was really... Like, nah, nah, man, fuck that for real. No, fuck you for real. And everybody would be like, damn, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, yeah. why are you so emotionally, like, outburst? Like, just, where is that coming from? It's, it's not, it can't be from us. Like, you know what I mean? That's what we mean That's by handling. Be your shit. Handling your <laughs> shit. Handling your shit. Yeah.
2: Because it ain't my shit. <laughs> And I I don't got to deal
1: with it. It literally stops you from having better, genuine, open relationships, whether it's with your boys, like I just uh, showed you, or with an intimate partner. Like, nobody wants to deal with that shit. So you have to. You first.
2: And defensiveness is the next one. (sighs) Seeing self as the victim, warding off a perceived attack. This looks like making excuses, mm. external circumstances beyond your control force you to act in a certain way. It's not my fault. I didn't cross complaining, meaning your partner's Ooh, complaint fine. or criticism with a complaint of your own, ignoring what wow. your partner said. That shit drives That's, me I, crazy. I don't
1: call it cross complaint. What do you call it? Ain't that like gaslighting? Yes. That's what I thought call that shit pretty much. Yes.
2: It's gaslighting. So basically, oh- I don't like the way you talk to me. And then Okie could be like, well, I not like that one time you ain't do the dishes.
1: What that got to do with... <laughs> All right. I don't like that one time when you didn't do the dishes. And because of that, you're the reason why I don't do... I don't I like talking to you that way. Because you're always not doing the right things. If you would do the right things, I wouldn't talk to you the way that i talk to you. So maybe if you start doing the right things, you'll get talking the way that you need to be talked to.
2: But that's not addressing the fact that you talking to me that nah, way in the first nah. place.
1: Maybe you should start acting right. See how I flipped it? The condition. And now, now it's on me. Right, now it's on her.
2: And I came to him with the.
1: Shut Anyway. Don't do that shit. Then we say at the beginning, look at y'all. Y'all got happy. No, no, stop it. No, don't yeah. do it. Uh,
2: this None is, of that. This is still within defensiveness, disagreeing, and then cross complaining. That's not true. You're the one who. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yes, budding. Start off agreeing, but end up disagreeing. disagreeing.
1: <laughs> that's that. What about mm. Repeating I mean yourself that.
2: without paying attention to what the other person is saying. And whining, it's not fair.
1: Yeah, it's not. But that's still not worse than contempt to me. Yeah, that's not worse.
2: Well, know. they didn't have it. Stonewalling was after contempt. So stonewalling is what they said is the fourth most dangerous to relationships. So let's see what that is. Stonewalling, withdrawing from the relationship as a way to avoid conflict. Partners may think they're trying to be neutral, but stonewalling conveys disapproval, icy distance, separation, disconnection, and or smugness. Stonewalling looks like stony silence, monosyllabic mutterings,
1: <laughs>
2: changing the subject, or removing you stand, yourself physically. You
1: physically. You <laughs> mother- mm-hmm. mother- come huh? <laughs> you know, a lot of people like that. Man, can't stand it. Oh, every time, So
2: remember, that was how you were as a child when as you child. Could, when you could not be uh, express your anger towards your parents, and then your mama would ask, "What'd you say?" <laughs> or don't let you have a breath or a sigh.
1: Oh, that shit!
2: You got a breathing God, problem, <laughs> black mamas.
1: <laughs> that she used to annoy the fuck out of me.
2: We're not going to go on that tangent. I'm just saying. You weren't allowed to do it then. You damn sure ain't allowed to do it now. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, So basically, uh, we're going to go through how those are things not to do. And now we're going to go into what to do. Okay. Instead of using... Contempt, criticism, stonewalling, defensiveness—these are what we're going to talk about in the next um, few uh, for the rest of the show—is how to effectively have healthy conflict resolution within your different relationship dynamics. Right. Mm-hmm. So, oh, can you tell us about the blame
1: game? All right. So here, is, it's kind of touched on with, with Gottman, but this is what mm-hmm. I mean by. Uh, me using it in a different term kind of like what I was talking about uh, last podcast statements. when it came to yeah the I statements so uh, the blame game is part of what Gottman was talking about I forgot how he referred it um, what term he referred it to but it's basically like you not taking accountability for what you're doing and trying to blame it and project stuff um, not only onto your partner so sometimes gaslighting
0: but
1: mm-hmm. um, But also using it as a way to just deflect from any and all responsibility because you know taking that responsibility would hit your what? Ego. Biggest thing that we talk about. That internal sense of pride that stops you from actually changing. When you know that stuff, that's what's best for you. It's that thing that pulls you. That little thing that's like, no, I can't just put that. Even though you know it's the right thing that you need to do. When you know you're in the wrong, when you know that doing this thing will actually correct stuff within your relationship and make you have a better connection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But some of us, because we're not used to fighting back and we're used to just enabling or encouraging that part of ourselves and acting as if it's okay.
0: Yeah, no, it's not. We
1: dive right into it. Mm-hmm. and we play the blame game so a good example of this mm-hmm. would be uh let's say <laughs> god things are coming up in my head anyways <laughs> let's say uh i'm the guy girl the girl in a relationship perfect example works for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so um i am always uh flirting with let's say you have a problem with me flirting. Anyways. Mm-hmm. so i'm always flirting with other women mm-hmm. um and I, just like how I did in the other example, gaslight you and say, it's not my fault. Uh, I'm a man. Like, that's the first thing I'll say. First
2: and, of
0: all.
1: Yeah, right. So that's going to be the first reaction. <laughs> so this is what it is. But it's like, so you're blaming you're blaming that, right? And then you move the goalposts. So these, these are the things I want you to follow with me, like step by step, so you can see how the blame game works. Um, and then at the end, the biggest blame is usually at the other person. So that's the end of it. All right. So mm-hmm. so you're blaming, like, I'm a man. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just you're using basically a stereotype of, like, I'm a man. I, I need don't to like the
0: way this so
1: she, Exactly. <laughs> so she's going to be like, what the fuck? Is that? <laughs> so well, I'll move on to after that. After she wows out on me on that, it's like, I understand that. But I'm just uh, attracted to what I'm attracted to. Uh, I, I was a man. That's what I said the first time. Then I'll I'll say something is something like along the lines of It's not my fault, uh and I was only looking for a few seconds. That doesn't mean that I don't love you. You know. It doesn't mean that I don't you know, I don't love you, stuff like that. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. So the moving like, the goalposts. Go moving the goalposts. Mm-hmm. It's like no one said that You know, I didn't love her. Like, who said that? You know, I inserted that into the conversation. Inserting
2: the doubt like
1: it was on the table. Right. (laughs) See what I'm doing, right? So when you break it down, level by level, it's kind of like... That
2: is so manipulative. Right,
1: right. This is why I can see these things pretty well.
2: Oh, my God. I was not aware of this shit.
1: So this is what I see, like in my office. Like I don't know what it is. Like I'm like uh, the neo of like couples therapy or some shit. In my mind, I'm like looking at it. So as I'm breaking it down right now, that's kind of like what I see in my mind in real time. Wow. Sort to be of. His mind. Yeah, sort of. Not all the time. Like some, you know, where day. I'm like, oh man, I ain't seen none of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm not by no means perfect, but yes, mm-hmm. like a little bit of this is what I do. So like something like that will happen. And it's mm-hmm. like you're adding on stuff. And it's like you're blaming that. And then you'll say something else along the lines of, um, well, honestly, what was you'll say something like that, like that, and that's the one of the things. I say, I like to say, well, honestly, because I like to really say that, so I'm gonna use a different term. <laughs> uh what is fucking Donald Trump say? He says something, um, believe me, believe me. All right, so that's another one. So they'll say words like these, these little buzzwords, like saying believe me at the end of it. Like, believe me, if you were to just try a little bit harder to dress in a way that would that would please me, because I am attracted to you. It's just sometimes, um, and believe me, this is hard. It, it's hard for me to say this, but um, if sometimes I feel like it's not working out, and you don't put as much effort into it, so. Now what I've done is I've put it all the way on her. I've blamed my inability to keep my eyes to myself. Which, again, for me, wouldn't really be a problem. But just for the example of this, you know, you know, this vignette. <laughs> We're going to use that. Um, so, but I, I put all that shift and, and took it away from me, all responsibility. And the last part was blaming it on her. So now... It's really hard, because especially that last blame, I kind of hit you at a spot. I'm just going to assume that the woman has some insecurities. some insecurities around the way that what she's been What woman
2: looking. doesn't? She's.
1: So, yeah. This is, why this is a very general example. It's not going to be for everything. But hopefully it is, you're getting the whole gist of what I'm saying when it comes to the blame game. And that steps to it. It's basically starting with something pretty brash. Moving the goalposts, moving the goalposts, moving the goalposts. And the last part of the blame is directed towards the person, which is usually something personal and insecurity pulling on that uh, string, therefore taking them into a emotional state where they can't even backtrack. You know what I'm saying? They can't refute all these little things that you said because you're in an emotional state already trying to defend yourself. Like, well, I don't, I, I dress up. What do you mean? Like, you, you'll put it on yourself. And, and that's how you start to internalize stuff like that. So that's the blame game, and it's putting it on the other person.
2: So what I thought you meant by the blame game was you versus me.
1: It can show up like that, but I wanted to, like, more demonstrate. Oh, like yeah. The I needed that. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted it, it, the, to. I'd be
2: damned. <laughs> I'm going to see all that shit. Oh, hell no. So this this is how you handle that. So that so that was – it could be a representation of you versus me, right?
1: Yeah, for okay, sure. Okay. For sure. So, that's, that's a lot of times what I did. Yeah, so I how, just thought this was like it, it came to my mind, mm-hmm. and I was like, I had to. I had to
2: so, how I'm going to squash all that shit, <laughs> and this is actually how you handle conflict, okay? This is how you handle it. I think what would be best for our relationship.
1: Mm. It's already, don't sound good, fellas. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Is for us to be considerate Of our impact on the other Mm. And I want us to improve this relationship And I don't know I'm trying to think of what she said (laughs) Um, Yeah I can't think of it Anyways instead of you versus me It's us
1: versus the problem Ah yes. So one of my other yeah that that's, that's yeah. one of the things I, I think so, I talked about it on the podcast. I don't
2: know, but yeah, improving the relationship is the goal, and him looking at other women is deteriorating that relationship.
1: So here's the whole thing, like that stops the whole blame game piece of it. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to it, if you are in a relationship and you actually do care about the other person, this this usually tells you if it's true or not. You can't look at it as me, and in this example, her. Mm -hmm. You have to look at it as our relationship. What's our common goal? Mm -hmm. We want to stay together. We want to be good to each other, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if those are our goals, what are the things that would help both of us get to that point? Mm -hmm. Anything else is bullshit that we shouldn't be concerned with.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So if my goal, if I'm telling you, or you're telling me, rather, Mm -hmm. that me looking at all these other women is actually making you uncomfortable to the fact that you you're it's harming our connection Mm -hmm. i have to take that into consideration now Mm if i if i say hey fuck it i don't care that's it's worth it because i need that freedom Mm -hmm. that's conversation we can have it's probably not gonna go so well but it's a conversation we can have Mm -hmm. and if you choose to accept that as being like oh well he's just gonna look around i'm just got to swallow that swallow my pride on that but then that that shows He's honest with me, and I can accept that if he is going to be honest, he can look away. Um, But it also shows that we can talk about things and can compromise, then cool. If not, be out. But that's the way it should be. If you look at things from the common goal, you'll be able to tell that. Because if he says, I can't. I can't do it then you'll know your answer if he says I will do it and he keeps doing it you know he's lying
2: and this is where I think you go back to the relationship contract episode where you assess yourself and what you need and what you're able to what are your
1: actual expectations
2: what's your your capacity to give so it's like well if he's just looking um, and he has the freedom to do that but he's still going to be with me like that doesn't just because he's looking does not mean he's cheating you know like, He's just looking, they're attractive women in the world. He's just looking, but in the night, he's coming home with me, and there's no like, again, he's not cheating, you know, like he's just looking. looking. Yeah, no,
1: you looking. Know? what's that over there? Ooh,
0: okay,
2: <laughs> then, 39, 39. yeah, it, it's more like accepting <laughs> my security within the relationship as well.
1: There you go. yeah. Now, again, this is not for everybody. Some women are like, nope, you got to look at my ass and my ass only. You keep your eyes glued on my ass, and that's it. I just don't think that's I don't know realistic. if that's realistic or yeah. healthy. But, hey, no. if that's your rule and you, you feel like you don't need any help, uh, stop by my office. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I will say to point out that also with the you versus me, that could also be looked at the right versus wrong.
1: Mm, speak on it you
2: know and I think Gottman had said something about it on the four horsemen and Mm -hmm. it's like I think that's the same context like that's not helping your relationship
1: you Mm. know yeah if you think about the common goal of any two people getting together Mm -hmm. what is it you should know going back to the contract what is the reason for y'all being together
0: Yeah.
1: and if you can't agree to uh, cooperate around that goal Mm -hmm. maybe you shouldn't be together it's real talk. Think about it. Reevaluate your relationship. You might be wasting your time and energy, which could be put towards and into something that could bloom and uh, blossom into something beautiful with someone new or with yourself. Yes.
2: All right. So next, I wanted to talk about adult timeouts. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You because.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's a thing.
2: It's a thing. Yes, (laughs) adult timeouts. And the reason it needs to be more of a thing (laughs) is because, again, when you're emotional, you're reactive. You're not really thinking about logically how to resolve whatever conflict. You're not able to think about what the other person needs. You're in your shit, Mm -hmm. okay? So you need a moment to get out of your shit, okay? So take a timeout. So this is where I discuss the ability to disengage, okay? And I I break it down to three different ways or three different abilities to disengage, okay? So the first ability to disengage is when you are angry. Okay, acknowledging the anger within yourself, saying, I can't talk to you in a way that you deserve right now. And I need to walk away. I need a moment. Let me go get my shit together. Then I go journal. All right. What am I actually feeling? Because a lot of times anger is a secondary emotion. Usually it's pain or hurt first. Some other emotion. Okay, I'm processing what I'm feeling, why I'm feeling that way. When did it start? I'm really trying to understand myself and my emotions and my thoughts. Okay, So then. I come back, and I'm like, hey, are you ready to talk about this conflict? Say, oh, so mind you, the first, when I was angry, I walked away from the partner, okay? I walked away. So then I come back, hey, are you ready to talk about this conflict? Say, that took me 10 minutes, Say it's gonna take him an hour, which usually it's the reverse. But but um, he's he's gonna take an hour to calm down, whereas I only took two minutes. So now I gotta respect that. Okay. So now, in the rules of adult timeout, whoever initiated the timeout is the one who has to bring it back. Okay. So he takes he takes his calm down moments, and then when he comes back, he assesses, hey, are you ready to talk about this? Yes, yes, okay, now we can talk about it, okay? All
1: right, so whoever initiated has, has to, to re-engage.
2: Re-engage, yes. Um Got it. So, again, first is when you need to walk away. The second is when you come back and the other person's angry, mm. and then you need to walk away. The third is when your partner is initially upset with you and again you're like I don't deserve to be talked to this way and I will not you need to go calm down I will be over here but again all three of those scenarios result in you walking away like you don't in the entire universe you don't have any control over anybody else except yourself so expecting the other person to do what these these things to take that time out and stuff like, you, that's a whole nother individual over there, you know? All you have control over is you. So if you don't want to be in that situation, you have to walk away. You have to disengage. Now, I'm not saying any of this shit is easy. Because, like, my ex, he was very much stonewalling. And stonewalling is different than a timeout. A timeout, you come back to have the conversation and to resolve the conflict. Stonewalling is shut down and isolate and you never talk about it you know. So it's like whenever he wanted to walk away, I wouldn't let him because it's like we're not going to have this conversation again. So I had to learn to disengage, but also have that timeout versus stonewalling difference in my head. I learned in therapy.
1: I was trying to use myself as a visual example.
2: Yeah. I, I I saw that. Thank you. Okay. All okay. right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So oh, God. So the next things are a part of the emotional work that I talk about um, in what is a healthy relationship. I think it's the first part in the healthy relationship series. Um, So emotional work is focusing on your own individual stuff and that means regulating your emotions. So again, I know how I feel. (laughs) I know that it's not okay for me to just attack my partner or whoever I'm talking to. Okay. So let me go regulate my emotions by going for a run or writing in a journal or expressing some art. All of those. <laughs> yeah. So let me regulate. But first in order to regulate my emotions I have to be able to identify what I'm actually feeling. Mm. Okay? And then, so all of that, I just said it all. I just explained it. So you have emotional identification, emotional regulation, and healthy emotional expression. So that would be taking the run, journaling, or doing some art or something like that. It's expressing your emotion in a healthy way. Because it's okay to be angry. It's just not okay to attack or argue with your partner.
1: Right. Yeah. I can agree more. It's okay. You have the right to feel the way. Yeah. Just don't take that way out on me. Because, again, (laughs) that's your shit.
2: Even if I caused your shit. (laughs) All right? So before we get into how you break things down um, in couples therapy, I want to kind of give them an example of what a healthy conflict resolution would be. Okay? So... There are many times where I get a little snappy. <laughs> we talked about this in the communication episode, and O is just like, "What you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> um, so I need to identify that I'm angry. I need to regulate my emotions and go walk away. And then I need to express them, usually a journal about them, trying to understand why I'm feeling angry or frustrated or whatever. And then once I've done all my individual emotional work, then I go back to him and I'm like, hey, I want to talk about um, some conflicts that have come up for me. When's a good time for you to talk? That works. Yeah. So then he tells me the time. All right. Time comes. Hey, um, this is the time you said we could talk. Are you mm-hmm. still up for talking? So I, again, I'm checking in to make sure that this dynamic works. Because with healthy conflict resolution, you cannot be angry. You have to be calm, cool, right. and collected
1: you just reset yourself back to the same emotional state that you were in when you were having the conflict. So then you'll go right back to having the conflict.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and then people who do that, and these are where the arguments come in, it's like not only did you have the original issue, now you're mad because of how they talk to you.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we take it into a different Exactly. Like and then
2: when you're mad and the other person mad and you're just mad, 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 nothing is resolved. Mad,
1: mad, 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 mad. <laughs> Nothing is resolved. So, man, you big mad. Conflict you,
2: resolution, you, mad you, have you, mad. you have got to be logical. You have got to be a lot logical in the resolution, okay? So, that means you got to be able to use your
0: thinking brain. hmm mm-hmm.
2: All right. So, now we are in this time, we're in this moment, we're able to talk about the conflict. Okay. So this is where, and I didn't know it, but I was using the PowerPoint presentation of um, uh, Professor Lee Williams um, that he made around the eight C's, which is what we're basing the Healthy Relationship Series off of. So he called it a problem solving model. Step one, identify the problem. So this is the conflict that happened. This was the issue that actually happened, okay? Step two is identify underlying needs. So I don't know. What did we just talk about?
1: When it comes to a problem? Yeah, a conflict. Um. Uh need for uh, me to stop giving my attention to other women while look at people.
2: Oh okay, yeah, we can use that. Okay, so my underlying need is I need you.
1: Underlying insecurity. If for this example it would be, I think. Anyways. I know, I
2: know. Actual conflicts, not this one. But hey, um can use
1: another example if you want. Yeah, because that's that's not Okay,
2: so like um cleaning the bathroom. Okay, cool. Alright, so ooh, this is a good example. So I need alright, so the issue is having cleaned the bathroom when you said you were gonna clean the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my underlying need which he can agree to. Okay. And that's the biggest thing. It's like they have to be able to agree that that is what happened. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: So right, you can't be playing blame game like we yeah. talked about before.
2: Yeah. Otherwise, so you have to be like doesn't work. Yeah, you right, that happened, you know. So now my underlying needs, and my underlying needs I can say my perception of what happened, like how I saw the scenario. Um I could say the impact that it had on me. But the, the realest thing that I need to get to is what do I need out of this? Okay. Mm. So the impact, what was triggered for me was going back into watching my mother cleaning and stuff. And I was like, I don't want to be the only one cleaning. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need help. I don't like cleaning. Mm. Okay. So like having the understanding, like, I don't want that for my life. You know, so it's bringing up a trigger. It's impacting me, but again, that's not his shit. That's my shit. Okay, but what I need is I need your help in cleaning the house. And then step three is brainstorming. So in this state, stage, or step, I said, "Yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't really follow all of these." As I'm just doing the conflict but um, I would say in this step like you can say what your perception of the event was any impact that you had on you from the scenario um, things like that step four is evaluate the ideas so again that could be how what solutions well I mean step five is implement the solutions I usually go from
1: I was about to say, My needs, <laughs> my
2: perception, my impacts. So maybe his perception, his impacts, his needs, and then we come up with the solutions. How do we stop this from happening in the future? How right. do we resolve this conflict? Right. Okay. So your resolution, clean the bathroom.
1: That would be it if I was yeah. going up to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. See, that's how easy it is, though. Yeah. If it was like a a situation like that, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have to do much.
2: Yeah. So solution, clean the bathroom when you say you're gonna clean it, and then step six, evaluate success of plan. So ooh, this is an interesting one, I don't, I don't think we've done this, but like, all right, was that an effective resolution to the conflict Did we yeah. feel like it was resolved? So that's basically how you um, have a healthy and effective conflict
1: resolution. All right, oh. Congratulations, you passed the class.
2: Um, so we're going to wrap it up with what you actually do in couples therapy. I actually
1: answered this last podcast. Did you? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, refresh us because I don't remember.
1: So I'm, I'm probably going to say something different because something different is on my mind when it comes to what I do. Well, this therapy. isn't,
2: last one we answered, or you were asked, what are the rules that you have a, as a couples therapist? This one is like, what do you actually do in couples therapy? Like mm-hmm. you talked about how you see things, um, but yeah, what do you actually do during the whole process?
1: What do I actually do during the whole process? It's like that's what I mean. It's kind of wide open, so uh, whatever I'm thinking All of right. is probably going to be the answer. Go ahead. So when I'm thinking of that question, I think of what do I do to help the couple connect, and what I do mostly is and make sure that they're comfortable to be vulnerable. Like I, I'm not mm-hmm. a person who like kind of bullshits when I'm in the room or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't try to make people uncomfortable. I don't try to put myself on some. Pedestal as if I'm some guru or anything like that. Like, I know I'm a good therapist, but I'm not trying to make it seem like I know everybody's life. He is a guru,
2: couple's guru.
1: (laughs) Whatever, stop (laughs) checking. But, like, in terms of the 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 client i'm not like some person who's like oh i i know exactly what's going on i know what's wrong with i know what's wrong with you i know what's wrong with you and now i'm gonna tell you as if i'm like some wizard or some shit like that i'm genuinely curious about your story which ha- what's going on with you and i'm curious about your pain and how we can actually heal the two of you um and get you to connect better if that's what's there and that's what's needed because again What I found out as being a couples therapist is that everybody that comes into my room seeking to get a better connection does not necessarily need to continue their connection. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes they need to end that. They need to separate. They need to disconnect in order to reconnect. You know, yeah. Or sometimes they just need to disconnect in order to grow separate of each other. Period, and don't need to be in each other's lives. um, You know, from Mm -hmm. then on, just because that's what they need. Uh, but that's all part of me being curious and me actually wanting to understand mm-hmm. and uh, help everybody that sits across the, the room from me. So that's what I really do. That's what I want to do is uh, with every couple that comes into my room, mm-hmm. is just create that space, offer that, um, be that voice, be that insight for them, and then allow them to really open up and uh, help me to help them. because. All of my couples work like that. That's been successful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been the result of of two people willing to look at that common goal that we were talking about, mm-hmm. which is to me the connection that they have and wanting to work towards that and build upon that. And those who want to do that and can focus on those goals, they're the ones who succeed. Mm-hmm. The ones who don't, they weren't meant to succeed, and that's kind of the point. Not every couple is that's okay so that's what i do
2: interesting and i think phrasing it in that way of strengthening the connection between the individuals it's about improving that relationship Right. and i think many people do not have their that be the goal like i think you explained it in one episode you were like basically the connection yep. is like a string to one another. And I so, literally have
1: a red string in my room that
2: you. Really? That ah, yeah. oh, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> um,
2: so it's like strengthening the sorry, <laughs> strengthening the connection. So it's you harder to break. <laughs> it's harder to. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, for those on audio, I'm grabbing his locks, and I went from one lock to a handful of locks. So strengthening that connection, um, between two individuals, is. What people need to keep in mind when there is a conflict within that relationship.
1: Well, couldn't have said it better myself.
2: I probably got it from you, so that's good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, that's what I do, and um, that's why I love what I do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Although that shit can burn you out, so that's why I have a limit to what I do. <laughs> Can't see everybody. Sorry.
2: Boundaries. Right. Which we talked about in the communication episode, so check that out. <laughs> All right, well, anything else with conflict resolution?
1: I think that's it. Yeah. I'm glad we did bring up the trauma piece, because I think mm-hmm. that was very it important. Definitely, yeah, it definitely, yeah, so. yeah. Definitely check out on that. If you need to rewind it, look at the examples again. Yeah, for sure. You know, share this. Share, please real. share,
2: because...
1: We want black people whew. to actually... Be healthy and informed about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we did it in an entertaining way, which you know y'all could break it down and not be bored by. It, you know, right? so watch the video, share the podcast, mm-hmm. and just absorb the knowledge and apply it. Please, yes. please,
2: please spread this like wildfire, <sighs> for real. Because our people
1: we need help with this stuff. We, need we don't really know,
2: and and that's and that's my biggest thing. And we'll talk about it on the political series. It's. We need healing. That's what we need. As a community, we need some deep healing and deprogramming of conditioning because wow. they have done a number on us, let me tell you. Psychologically, emotionally, socially, economic, they they have cool. done a number on us. Exactly, right? Like, we need some healing. Body blow. Yeah. So, spiritually, woo. Yeah. I mean, mm. hmm The one thing we do have is resilience. We have a resilience. We have a strength to us. We just have to get our mind right and focus on the things that will lead us to be stronger. That's real. It's so real. (laughs) So thank you for listening and watching. We hope you enjoyed the conversation.
1: Yes, we do. We do. We do.
2: Remember to check out Anchor FM in order to donate. That is a link on our link tree. So please check that out. The link is in the bio for our link tree. Mm -hmm. It has our Facebook, our Instagram, all of our different uh, podcast platforms that we're streaming on, um, as well as the donation link. Um, So please check that out. Please share. Um, also, check out the GoFundMe. It's on my personal page if you are a friend or I have shared it on the It's So Real or Life is Rocky or Black Harmony Family Healing Center. <laughs> on all that. We got a lot of platforms. Um, so, please help us promote and share the word on this. We would really appreciate it. Um, and that's it.
1: Yeah, I think that's it.
2: All right. I honestly forgot how I ended this. (laughs) I'm not sure what I usually say. Uh, So thank you for listening
1: to It's So Real with your girl, Rocky. And your boy-o.
2: You have a beautiful Sunday. Take care of you.
1: All right. We out. Peace and love.